on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to the inaugural training slash sailing of Racer's Alley with your new host, Alex. I don't know if you have a special DJ name. Uh, we're going to play some more commercials, and we're going to be right back with this uh, inaugural amazingness that you guys are going to hear all about Racers Alley, a new show here from 6 to 7 on Thursdays on MutinyRadio.fm. From noon to 2 p.m. you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground Comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. (laughs) Well, hello, boys and girls. You know what a password is. That's a secret word that soldiers would use to get past the sentry and up to the front. Well, here's a password that gets you up to the front in all the right places. It's cannabis energy. It seems the faster you go, the more cannabis energy you need. So if you want to win, you have to have lots of cannabis energy. And the swellest way I know to get it is just by using Green Army Skincare. Boy, they're just crammed full of cannabis energy. They're more cannabis energy units in one lip balm tube than you use circling the base ten times or when you ride your bike four miles across the city. And it's fast acting. Why, no sooner that you apply some balm to your mouth or pain areas, you practically feel the new strength in your muscles. And what's more, Green Army Skincare is a good, wholesome product. They're made with body-nourishing cannabis and other natural ingredients. So go out there today and pick up some Green Army Skincare products from your local cannabis procurement center. Join thegreenarmy.com. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to invite you down to Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco at 806 South Van Ness. We've got great food by our kitchen counter offer, burgers, tater tots, tachos, corn dogs, all sorts of good stuff like that. They're open from opening until 11 p.m. most days of the week, except Saturday. Every Saturday night, we've got live rock and roll, some of the best local bands in San Francisco, and touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m., rock and roll, only night of the week. We have a $5 cover charge, always 5 bucks for live rock and roll. 
We're open from 4 p.m. until 2 a.m. Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 2 to 2. Come on down, have some drinks with us. We've got Whiskey Wednesday, Tequila Tuesday, and we've always got the Steve McQueen special. Shot a bullet bourbon and a can of California lager for 8 bucks. Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shout. Drop by the bar, make some friends. Thanks, folks. Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District, San Francisco, California. With a happy hour every Monday through Friday until 7 p.m. Don't miss it. Go to Bender's Bar. Big supporter of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. Oh, yeah. It goes down. Come smoke with your boy. Grinder. Spark is San Francisco's premier cannabis dispensary with a focus on serving and educating patients for seven years. Spark is dedicated to creating the best in-store experience with its extensive menu, friendly staff, and one of the few cannabis vape lounges in San Francisco. Spark welcomes you to visit its two great locations as a medical patient or for recreational adult use in 2018. Spark is located at 1256 Mission Street between 8th and 9th and at 473 Haight Street at Fillmore. Both locations are open until 10 p.m. every night. Spark staff looks forward to serving you. Coming at these bitches and all these snitches hitting switches going back to riches. Rainbow Grocery, a worker-owned and operated food cooperative located at 1745 Folsom Street in the Mission District of San Francisco. Let's hear what locals have to say about Rainbow Grocery. Their bulk section is dope AF. I love their, their variety of cheese and home decor items and this of unique items that you can't find anywhere else. Their cheese section is insane. I love Rainbow Grocery because it's the number one grocery store to shop at when you're having a potluck and need to fulfill everyone's dietary needs. They don't have meat. Rainbow Grocery Cooperative, an amazing San Francisco staple since 1975. For all your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to timstesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bare exoskeleton Contessa. And check your horror horoscope on Horoscopia. Updated every three parsecs. Timstesseract.com Timstesseract.com So you want to be a comic? It's not as easy as we make it look. But that's because Mutiny Radio has eight hours a week of open mic stage time for all your comedy workout needs. Strain those improv muscles every Sunday from 4 to 6 at Getting Sketchy with David Stolowitz. Press out those new jokes every Monday, 6 to 8 on Joke Workshop with four-minute sets and four-minute critiques from everyone. Get positive by host Pam Benjamin. Pump those dick jokes every Thursday, 7 to 9 with True Hustle Thursdays. Hashtag THC. That's hashtag THC. You want more open mics? Fridays, 6 to 8. Happy hour with guest host and George D. Smith. Pew, pew, pew. Four open mics every week at Mutiny Radio, brother. Oh.
Come in after work and take a seat at Asiento, a great place to meet friends, have delicious tapas and drinks, and relax with your neighbors. Located at Bryant and 21st Street in the Deep Mission, Kitty Corner Block from Mutiny Radio. Come and get a drink during the comedy festival and enjoy happy hour pricing all night long with your festival ticket. A great neighborhood bar. Come take a seat at Asiento. The Roxy Theater is San Francisco's favorite nonprofit art house cinema, bringing you the best, coolest, weirdest, most thought provoking movies of the past, present, and future. Hands down, there is no better way to get your film fix than at this legendary historic theater. Visit www.roxy.com. That's www.roxie.com today for showtimes and tickets. Everybody should listen to Muni Radio at muniradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Hi there. Welcome to Racer's Alley. This is our first ever episode. I'm here with Wade Boyd. My, my name myself is Alex. And uh, this is our inaugural first one, I guess. Uh, what we're dealing with is uh, Racer's Alley is going to be a show about all things racing. Uh, we're going to have guests from all types of industry and um, try and talk about uh, advice and anything to help safety-wise. And uh, thank all our sponsors as well. Uh, Thank you very much for Mutiny Radio for having us on for the very first time. Ms. Pamtastic is here being our tutor. So, Wade, do you have anything to say? Yahoo, this is totally new to me. <laughs> for sure. It's like we've been behind the camera while we've been racing before, but this is the first time. This is kind of our own show. So from here on, we're going to discuss, uh, you know, past events, racing, and everything else in between. Uh, Wade, uh, I hear you just went racing in uh, Santa Rosa. Santa Rosa Short Track. Yep, I was riding a Hoosaberg, um, sponsored by uh, uh, Kevin Greenquist and Moto Tire Guy. I, I never rode the folks. bike before, but we did really good. Yeah, that uh, Hoosaberg was actually set up for a super motard bike, I hear, and uh, you were taking out on a different format. And uh, how'd that work out for you? Actually, pretty good. Uh, we changed the tires. We changed the wheels. We had the stockish tires on. We got really, really close. The bike worked really good. I did actually fall down. But I did get to the, the first place in one of the races. And really, some really good racing. Went and played with all my dirt pals. Yeah, from what, uh, what I've been hearing, uh, basically, uh, dirt track, single track's been coming back. Especially, you know, the miles, the quarters, the, the eights. It uh, seems like last time you were there, you had a bunch of uh, old school friends. Yes, I, I meet more and more people, new people, old people, all the time. Um, guy that put the kit in my 185 showed up at the races the other day. I haven't seen him in like 40 years or so. Oops. So um, how old were you when you first got that 185 then? Uh, 15. <laughs> So old AMA dirt track racer back in the day where you had to get your number plate doing many things. Yeah, you, they um, you had to go. You were novice, junior, expert. Then they went by your bike size. Where nowadays it's some of the classes are bike size, some of the classes are just age. <laughs> any bike, any year. The fifty, thirty-five year old, the fifty year old, the sixty year olds. There's one. Um, Run what you brung, uh, the old guys against the kids. <laughs> but we all look the same once you put your helmet on. Exactly. And uh, I bet you the kids right now are getting a lesson from all you boys, right? Yep. Yep. Some of them. Some of them. Some of them are doing really good, amazingly well. Yeah, it seems like you said, the ages now, you got a bunch of little little kids out there as well as everything up, right? Yeah. Santa Rosa, the youngest person there was five years old, and the oldest person was 70. And there were wow. more people 60 years old than any other group. That's just giving us all hope, right? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So when's your next race going to be? Um, possibly the Ridge in like three weeks or Lodi, which was, the Lodi will be flat tracking. It'll be a TT. If I go do the Ridge, I also race sidecars, um, Formula One sidecars. Well, explain what that is, Wade. Um, it's a... 
a totally purpose-built sidecar motorcycle. It's one piece. It's not a bolt-on anymore. I've run a 7-inch slick on the side in the front and a 9-inch slick on the back. Sidecar does 160 miles an hour. So it's got three wheels then. It's got three wheels, and nowadays my wife is my passenger. (laughs) Awesome. Um, And she loves it. Just I want to do more racing. And uh, your passenger would be? Christine Blunk. Christine Blunk. And she's been with you riding for how long? Close to 20 years now. And I believe she has quite a pedigree on her own, correct? Yeah. Um, we were racing Laguna Seca once way back when, and her and her girlfriend came up and looked at all our sidecars and stuff and said, we want to play. I actually did end up sponsoring them on my original car, and then I brought a car over from the Isle of Man, put them on that one next. And your original car was what? A Fitterman with a 900 Ninja motor in it. 900 Ninja. It's got uh, 5-inch by 10-inch wheels, little tiny wheels. It's like a Mini Cooper with three wheels. Wow. It'll go anywhere. It'll slide like a dirt track bike. And everybody was in trouble. <laughs> so would you consider that a short rig, short chassis? Yeah, to- it's totally a short chassis. Um, originally, I think it was a front exit, got turned into a rear exit. Um, we updated it with the newer motor. Supposedly, that thing had a wankel in it. I heard all kinds of stories, but you know. <laughs> now, what was the wankel exactly? Sounds pretty funny. Yeah, I'm not really sure what brand it was. It was an actual Mazda motor or or what it was. Some gotcha, people, rotary. Yeah, some people said it was fast. Some people said it was really slow. Nice. So yeah. Christine ended up uh, starting on that rig with, uh, I with, guess... Uh, with Jennifer Brom. Jennifer Brom, owner of uh, Workstop back in the day. Yeah. First woman-owned motorcycle shop, yep. I believe. Yep. Yes. Uh, Rick, the president of the SRA West, had a girl passenger, and we were the first team to have a double girl team. And she eventually got on my sidecar. Awesome. But, yeah, so since then, uh, both of you have gone uh, quite far as far as your uh, sidecar racing. Yeah, I actually picked up sidecar racing at the Isle of Man. Didn't know you could stick your thumb out. I went, used to take pictures of everybody over here. What year was that, Wade? 94. 1994. I just started kind of racing back then. Yeah, so I, uh, you got through the Isle. Was that your first time? No. 92 was my first year. Uh, okay. 94, I was renting a bike from Ron Grant, and they were holding me out of the Formula One and Senior. And I had been there long enough to know... That somebody needed a passenger, and with absolutely no experience, just being bold, I went over and knocked on his door, and he gave me a ride. I rode with him. I rode three more years as a passenger, along with my solo races, um, and picked up sidecars. I eventually got a car over here, which was that little Fitterman. I rode it for three or four years, um, and nobody told me you couldn't do that, so I did. I just slid around everybody. Um, when you say you got it over here, Wade, does that mean you bought it over over in Europe and had it shipped here? No, the the Fitterman was uh, bought at um, Cycle Salvage in South City. Holy moly! So someone actually had a sidecar here. Yeah, they traded it in. There was a big accident at Sears Point, and mm-hmm. so they were going to keep it. And then after the accident, he says, "No, it's yours. Take it away." <laughs> they got look, anyone who's able to ride it get it out of my garage yeah awesome and from there history is born right yeah can i can i ask a question sure uh, pam tastic is here with us today thank uh, you pam yeah I, how do you qualify for the isle of man is there a thing or like, a lot keep- of if you live over there you go through the manx you do your 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 regular races around the neighborhood it's similar to over here but you go through the manx and then there we're over here we rode with the AFM or whatever races uh, club you were riding with. Get your credentials up. They write you a note, as I call it, from mom. You go to AMA. You get your FIM license. You get a one-event license, and, and, and. Once you get an entry, then you can actually go over there. It used to be easy to get an entry. It's a little harder nowadays. But to get your entry, they say yes. You enter six months ahead of time. Um, about three months into it, they'll say yes. We'll say they just say yes, and uh, then you plan. You got to really start your planning. How are you going to ship? How are you going to get your stuff there? 
or you can you can actually rent a bike over there. It's real expensive, but you can just show up, rent a bike. But you know what you got if you bring something, and hopefully you've got something really good. It's, you're going to the Olympics, so everybody in the world is going to show up with really good equipment, and you want it also. It's not exactly easy, but it's a long string. We usually start marching, as I call it, in January 1st, and don't stop until you, you get home. <laughs> yeah, it is quite an endeavor. You've always mentioned it's like going to uh, climbing, Mount, climbing Mount Everest. Uh, as far as uh, how did you originally get into the aisle, and was it a family endeavor? Uh, both, all the above. My dad actually did it in 66 I totally got grief I was from my born mom then. for saying I want to do it. Um, come the time, um, I was taking Chris Cruz's place in a way from the neighborhood. The gang actually found somebody else, Tom Montano, but they had the information. They would share it. I couldn't get enough information before then, so I blindly dove in and said, I'm going. They gave me an entry. Somehow I'm going to show up. I ended up naming my team Subculture Racing because the community really helped me get there. Wow. Um, I couldn't afford to get my bike back or anything. Um, the community put enough money together to get my bike home. I was totally amazed. So that's why my team is called Subculture Racing. So you could afford to get it there, but you couldn't afford to get it home. Yeah. So you could, And you couldn't dump your bike. My bike was, and I were going to be stuck there if I didn't qualify. <laughs> period um i did qualify so they were paying us back then i got reimbursed enough to get home put my bike on a slow boat and it and everything started working and and once you go you'll make reservation for next year and do everything you can to get back there yeah it's always you know you make nothing but friends there you mentioned that when i was there myself i mean everyone is so uh, willing to help the, the, the whole island the, the, the culture and the folks there are just nothing but wonderful as far as uh, you going out there I mean uh, shoot Wade how many years have you been out there now I went to the TT for 15 years in a row and I did two years of the Manx um, also which I did second um, there's all kinds of good stuff there, there's some not so great stuff it's really hard it's the hardest race in the world because um, if you oops, you either go to the hospital or even worse. And they'll, they'll put you in a box and send you home. It's so serious. That it's is so sure. fast. Uh, it's so dangerous. Is it because it's wet? No, it does. Nowadays, they don't ride in the rain, they say, but you can, you could you should in the old days they wanted you to get out there in the rain because it's gonna rain we were out there throwing 30 foot rooster tails many times and one day i was out there and i patted myself on the back for not going because i didn't absolutely have to if i wow. scratch my bike i'm in so much trouble i can't afford to fix it or if you break yourself yeah you, you know, really so don't you, want to go off there it's totally precision uh, you have like two inches of leeway. There's no such thing as falling down or anything, or you're screwed. Um, it's a two-week endeavor, and you want to survive the two weeks on the happy side, finish the race. Most people do, but not everybody does. Um, they get a lot of bad press for the one or two who don't make it, um, but there's like 80 per class, who actually did and everybody's there it's a celebration life they're doing what they really really wanted to do is which is race their motorcycle at the i call it the olympics the biggest the top the fastest uh, against joey and everybody and just amazing records time everything the whole island all but shuts down to help this event go along and the event is twice. They have the Isle of Man TT and the Manx GP. I, I believe one is uh, in June, the uh, uh, early part of June, and the second is uh, the end of part of uh, August, I believe. Uh, both times, it seems that the weather is great. Uh, for the exception of a couple of rainy days, the island is an island, of course, and the weather can play uh, games, so to speak. Uh, Wade and I, uh, he, he actually introduced me to the Isle uh, uh, in 2004, 
and we were actually pit mates together. He ended up having a caravan with uh, Christine was there as well, and I was there in my tent. And a lot of people made fun of that tent, but it sure enough fit a bike and a scooter as well as my gear. That was a good year. Christine was the first time there, and she rode on a sidecar as a passenger. No one ever gives her that credit, and she actually is one of the bravest people I ever met. Uh, how long did uh, was Christine racing before uh, she actually went to the Isle, Wade? Um, at least six, seven years. She had to show all her credentials and, and, and to, to get proof. Um, she was totally legal. She could totally do it. And anyhow, got the opportunity, did... She, you get two tries at it. They only finished one, but she's the only female in the U.S. that has a sidecar finisher's medal, or I think any TT finisher's medal. That is a fact, and I, I believe I was there when there was a matter of concern, actually, at one point where we thought whether she could go out again. I mean, it's very rare you come off on a sidecar and able to make that choice. Yeah, she was really, really, really lucky. Not only did they, I told her, she's, this guy doesn't crash. It was Martin Voldebrecht. He's a little on the slow side, but he's never crashed, blah, blah, blah. So, of course, he crashes. He pinches the inside of a corner in Parliament Square, launches her into the first right. yard across the street. And she landed on her feet. The yard is about 10 feet square. It's really small. There's two people in there, and now there's three. And she bounces up and goes, hey, how you doing? Nice <laughs> to meet you. And then they go, and they, they run over to the wall, and they look over the wall because Martin was under his sidecar doing the fly, help me, save me, save me. And Upside down turtle. Yeah. Exactly. He's about six foot four. He's actually bigger than his sidecar, but his wow. sidecar was up on top of him. And so he was stressing out for a minute. When I get there, where they were all drinking beer and hooting and hollering. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I imagine, you know, and uh, we were all worried that night in the pit. And, you know, in the end, I mean, it was only her call. You know, as a racer, you have to make those tough calls. And she, like I said, even though that happened, she was ready to go back out again the next day. And sure enough, she did finish. And she should have received a proper medal for that. Yeah. Yeah, they, they gave the finisher's medal. So she's got one. She's totally happy with it. Happy with the experience. Awesome. You know, and I gave her the opportunity. And I told her, I'm not going to tell you. You have to do it. If you want to do it, there it is. You know, and she totally took it up. So Every she's been, racer, yeah. And now she's been on my sidecar for... 18 20 years and wow so now we we basically do australia australia yeah way to you know uh, as uh, our series progresses we'll be able to get in every single type of racing you do but uh, bringing up australia as far as talking sidecars yes you've been to australia a few times have you not yeah five times now uh, we won it twice on a sidecar it's actually a classic road racing event and they have sidecars and i do both of course um, of have a hard time getting a super fast bike, but uh, my sidecar was really it was legal for a couple of years, so so we won those two years. We met everybody. Doug Chavez became our best buddy and friend and and competition. He was actually faster, and somehow we beat him. So the last two years, he loaned us his original TZ750, and then last year he loaned us his Norton Rotary. To so, just to come play. So originally you took your own uh, uh, sidecar here, and then just recently he sponsored you a Norton Rotary and a TZ? Yeah, and two, on two different occasions. And those were both very, very rare, very, very you know, uh, invaluable motorcycles, yeah. uh, rigs. I call it, we were on Team Exotic. We were on For the sure. TZ or the Norton, and he was on a Koenig 500. And there is nothing more exotic than those two rigs. Yes, uh, I don't understand what a Koenig is. Is that a, like a, a Rotax or it's a two stroke four cylinder two stroke? Wow, opposed like a Porsche or a Volkswagen. The center of the motor is water cooled. The outside of the motor is air cooled, and it 
it's it comes it comes off the line like a tractor and turns into a two-stroke goes to about nine thousand rpms and just pulls and pulls and pulls makes so much noise so Um, when you say it pulls is it like the new modern two-strokes where they're computer engineered or is it more old school where they definitely take up and go uh, old school. Wow. They pick, pick up and go. It's, it was actually a boat motor, they told me. A boat motor. So they, they, they obviously, uh, you can put anything in a sidecar. They're very creative. Almost. And especially, more so in the early days. Somewhere they have rules nowadays. But Yeah. So uh, what are your top speeds out there when you're going up there? You were in a Phillip Island, I believe, correct? Yeah, Phillip Island. Phillip Island. Our awesome. rig does 160 at Phillip Island, and the Koenig probably did 150 or so. Wow. It's really fast. It's really smooth. It, they can actually say it's safe. You can crash anywhere, but Phillip Island is safe. It's basically <laughs> a one-week event. The people are so nice. It's like riding on the backside of Petaluma. It's summertime. It's gorgeous. But it will rain once. <laughs> Well, as always, uh, there's always that in the, in the island, actually, correct? Yeah, well, been there. It's it's they didn't like me calling Australia an island. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a big island. Phillip Island is actually on a small island, um, but they're both islands. So uh, had a great time there. Uh, do you plan on going soon? Yeah, we actually we go every every January. We're trying to figure out how to go more. New Zealand is right next door. Wow, they are really into racing a little bit of everything also it's just hard to do everything so well yeah it takes a budget and time you know uh, of course uh, all these exotic machines what's great about all this is like uh, over the years you can actually hop on anything and race anything all these years i've known you you've been able to do whether it be a flat track a dirt bike kz a kx 500 going up the thing anything you can have two wheels you can ride wade and that's what's wonderful about knowing you here and your experience here is going to be great on the show because we'll be able to talk about any type of vehicle yeah the yeah. more kinds of bikes you ride the more broader your experience comes in you know i never owned everything but i rode one of these i rode one of those um and it's yeah broadens your experience it's nice to try one of those bikes also whatever that is well it seems now i mean you're kind of a pioneer we'll get back to this after the commercial break about what your latest uh uh i guess your uh, mile bike is and uh, the stories about that all right we'll talk to we'll get back to you soon we're going to put on a commercial break thank you very much
So welcome to Racers Alley. We're here back with Wade Boyd, myself, Alex, and Miss Pamtastic. So Wade, we were just talking about uh, new and innovative race bikes, and uh, it seems to me right now you have built quite a machine out there to do the mile and then some. Yeah, I ended up. I didn't have a proper bike. Like the first mile, I came out with in '09, uh, amateur mile. It was in Stockton. I brought, took out my KLX because I didn't have anything proper, but it would do 105 miles an hour. Had a 21-inch front wheel, street tires, blah, blah, blah. They all laughed at me. So basically, Wade, what you're saying is after many years, you decided to go out and do a mile, and the only bike that you could take is the one that could do 120, but was quite the odd duck out there. Yeah, they never had a mile before, so in 09 was like the first one. Gotcha. I had to ride. I really had to ride. I won my class. A um, couple of guys. That, With a spectacular fanfare. <laughs> yeah, they really didn't expect it. Nobody died in either, but but my bike will do 105. Everybody's in trouble. Cause That'll be a story for a different show for yeah. sure. But because of that, anyhow, I swore I was going to come back with a bigger bike, a big bike. A mile is a big bike race, and so is a half mile. I saw them when I was a little kid. It's a big bike race. Um, usually twins, Triumphs, Harleys, BSAs, stuff like that. And then they came out with the multi-cylinders. Kenny Roberts made the TZ750 famous. And, 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 and so anyhow, what grows in my neighborhood is an R1, and that's what I ride every day. <laughs> so I found and scrounged and built a 05 R1 out of three dead bikes, and uh, it's all fine until I win. Well, and, apparently that... It's quite a motorcycle. You can hear it. The sound is wonderful going across the front straight. But what's more spectacular is the front wheel is never in the ground. Anytime it's going between turns, it's always wide open and just up in the air. So yeah. uh, as far as uh, power-wise, I mean, I imagine uh, different tracks treat it differently. The smaller the track, the the bigger and bulkier it becomes and the in a way more feisty the mile i was running fourth gear the first year to mellow it out now i got i call it the magic combination i can run third gear i think i'm running about four or five thousand rpm through the corner about 80 or so and it goes to 135 and it'll do it on the rear wheel um i got excited did a couple I guess too many wheelies, somebody complained, so they asked me to only do it on the last lap. Just like the Isle of Man, Wade, it's always the wheelies that get us, ain't it? Uh, yeah, because somebody yeah. whined. Everybody else loved it. 90% of the people loved it, and it's totally the way to go. Um, they they say wheelies slow you down. Like, not with an R1 and not when you're at the Olympics and the throttle is pinned. It's not about the wheelie. It's about going forward and not losing, not skipping a beat. And it, the bike doesn't care where the front wheel is. And everybody wants to see that wheelie. That is very true. You've always loved your wheelies. I can recall back on uh, Carnegie Days, which is a dirt bike track. I've been very few times myself on a dirt bike and Wade loaded me one. And basically, if you know Carnegie, it's basically an uphill mountain. Wade yeah. would wheelie up it. And then he'd turn him on and wheelie down it. And he'd basically wheelie where any time he didn't have to put the wheel down. Because you know, I'm practicing. Was... Exactly. We're not racing, so oh, what are you going to do? I'm going to practice wheeling bigger and farther than than I ever have before. Because how am I going to you know, keep myself excited? <laughs> so it's a great deal of fun for yourself just to wheelie wherever you can go. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, let's see here. You're talking about doing a little bit more, uh, I guess, uh, flat track. And what are your next dates? What are, what are your plans here? Uh, I'm going to try to do the next two Lodi's. One's a TT, and it's every uh, the 14th and the 28th. That t the 14th is a TT, and the 28th is a short track. And we're going to take the Hoosaberg out, put the Motard wheels back on it, put the brakes back on it. And, and that's going to lower it down a little bit. And I got slicks or semi-slicks, little fat tires. See how they work on the blue goof. I think they're going to work really well. That's great. Uh, it's very uh, nice of Kevin Greenquist to give you that bike, actually. It's a top-of-the-line, uh, actually, Motard bike. Hopefully, uh, we'll actually be able to see you out there and uh, get a podium. Yeah, hope so. Those guys have been running all season, but I've been there once or twice um 
but you, you got to jump in and see how you do. I, I, gotcha. have, I have a question. Do, do you ever do the dirt bag challenge? I didn't. I go and watch and everything. I asked Christine, I was like, oh, should I build one of those? She said, no, I got in trouble for wanting to build one of those. <laughs> It'd just be too much time away. From... Yeah, yeah. Uh, she used to always go, oh, there's always room for another bike, another bike. But the last couple of bikes that I got, I got in trouble for buying. <laughs> However, this uh, shows actually Racers Alley is, is about everything racing. And back in the day, we used to have the Soapbox Derby over there in Bernal Heights. And, uh, of course, Wade and Christine had quite their rigs. Remember the shark and the, uh, what would we call it? The Chariot of Doom? The Chariot of Doom. It was supposed to be the Ben Hermobile, but it was... A little too fast and a little too sketchy, and everybody crashed it except me. <laughs> but I, like Jack, went motoring by in his in his whatever funny little mobile he had, and he was waving at me. And he goes, "You wouldn't wave back." I know I was too busy trying not to crash. Exactly, and the shark was a wonderful looking rig as well. It was a giant, looked like great white. Uh, back in the old days, Subbox Derby, there was every shape and size of car. Uh, everyone was very creative. There was a bunch of costumes. It was a good old San Francisco moment. That, that you know, at one point, there was a bunch of bands and a bunch of posters. It was it was a great time. Uh, hope to see that come back someday. So anyhow, let's get back <laughs> to <of> silence. <laughs> right? Duh. Anyhow, so uh, thank you for coming to Racers Alley. This is going to be you know. Uh, our first episode and from here on in we'll get things a little bit more uh, squared away and hopefully we can actually get some phone calls the idea of racers alley really is to uh connect you with a bunch of other racers who've uh, actually whether they be paris the car a gp250 racer island man racer uh any type of road racing available will have folks able to answer any questions. So anytime uh, in the future you'll be able to call, we'll get a question out to those boys and you'll be able to actually have a good time talking to them. All right. Uh, Wade, do you have anything else to say? Happy trails. Get, get on your bike. It's still riding season. It is still riding season. We'll hope to see you soon. All right. Take care, guys.
tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Hey everybody, listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground Comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. (laughs) Well, hello, boys and girls. You know what a password is. That's a secret word that soldiers would use to get past the sentry and up to the front. Well, here's a password that gets you up to the front in all the right places. It's cannabis energy. It seems the faster you go, the more cannabis energy you need. So if you want to win, you have to have lots of cannabis energy. And the swellest way I know to get it is just by using Green Army Skincare. Boy, they're just crammed full of cannabis energy. They're more cannabis energy units in one lip balm tube than you use circling the base ten times or when you ride your bike four miles across the city. And it's fast acting. Why, no sooner that you apply some balm to your mouth or pain areas, you practically feel the new strength in your muscles. And what's more, Green Army Skincare is a good, wholesome product. They're made with body-nourishing cannabis and other natural ingredients. So go out there today and pick up some Green Army Skincare products from your local cannabis procurement center. Join thegreenarmy.com. 
Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to invite you down to Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco at 806 South Van Ness. Uh, we've got great food by our kitchen counter offer, burgers, tater tots, tachos, corn dogs, all sorts of good stuff like that. They're open from opening until 11 p.m. most days of the week, except Saturday. Every Saturday night, we've got live rock and roll, some of the best local bands in San Francisco and touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m., rock and roll, only night of the week. We have a $5 cover charge, always 5 bucks for live rock and roll. We're open from 4 p.m. until 2 a.m., Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 2 to 2. Come on down, have some drinks with us. We've got Whiskey Wednesday, Tequila Tuesday, and we've always got the Steve McQueen special. Shot a bullet bourbon and a can of California lager for 8 bucks. Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shot. Drop by the bar, make some friends. Thanks, folks. Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District, San Francisco, California. With a happy hour every Monday through Friday until 7 p.m. Don't miss it. Go to Bender's Bar. Big supporter of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. Oh, yeah. It goes down. Come smoke with your boy. Grinder. Spark is San Francisco's premier cannabis dispensary with a focus on serving and educating patients for seven years. Spark is dedicated to creating the best in-store experience with its extensive menu, friendly staff, and one of the few cannabis vape lounges in San Francisco. Spark welcomes you to visit its two great locations as a medical patient or for recreational adult use in 2018. Spark is located at 1256 Mission Street between 8th and 9th and at 473 Haight Street at Fillmore. Both locations are open until 10 p.m. every night. Spark staff looks forward to serving you. Rainbow Grocery, a worker-owned and operated food cooperative located at 1745 Folsom Street in the Mission District of San Francisco. Let's hear what locals have to say about Rainbow Grocery. Their bulk section is dope AF. I love their, their variety of cheese and home decor items uh, and this of unique items that you can't find anywhere else. Their cheese section is insane. I love Rainbow Grocery because it's the number one grocery store to shop at when you're having a potluck and need to fulfill everyone's dietary needs. They don't have meat. Rainbow Grocery Cooperative, an amazing San Francisco staple since 1975. For all your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to timstesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bare exoskeleton Contessa. And check your horror horoscope on Horoscopia. Updated every three parsecs. Timstesseract.com Timstesseract.com So you want to be a comic? It's not as easy as we make it look. But that's because Mutiny Radio has eight hours a week of open mic stage time for all your comedy workout needs. Strain those improv muscles every Sunday from four to six at Getting Sketchy with David Stolowitz. 
press out those new jokes every Monday, 6 to 8 on Joke Workshop with 4-minute sets and 4-minute critiques from everyone. Get positive by host Pam Benjamin. Pump those dick jokes every Thursday, 7 to 9 with True Hustle Thursdays. Hashtag THC. That's hashtag THCT. You want more open mics? Fridays, 6 to 8. Happy hour with guest host and George D. Smith. Pew, pew, pew. Four open mics every week at Mutiny Radio, brother. After work and take a seat at Asiento, a great place to meet friends, have delicious tapas and drinks, and relax with your neighbors. Located at Bryant and 21st Street in the Deep Mission, Kitty Corner Block from Mutiny Radio. Come and get a drink during the comedy festival and enjoy happy hour pricing all night long with your festival ticket. A great neighborhood bar. Come take a seat at Asiento. The Roxy Theater is San Francisco's favorite nonprofit art house cinema, bringing you the best, coolest, weirdest, most thought provoking movies of the past, present, and future. Hands down, there is no better way to get your film fix than at this legendary historic theater. Visit www.roxy.com. That's www.roxie.com today for showtimes and tickets. Everybody should listen to Muni Radio at muniradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. That's how you get it done. That's how you use a grinder. I couldn't put the grinder together there for a minute, and I was like, how does that work again? Oh, that's how it works. It's supposed to be seamless, like it all goes together. Hey, welcome to the Sparkast. If we could get the dulcet tones of the beautiful music that happens, if we could get the dulcet tones of the beautiful music down, that would be amazing. We're here at the Sparkast. It's recorded live every Tuesday from 8 to 9 p.m. You've got amazing comedians. You've got volcano bags ready to take. It's like a match made in heaven. It's like, we've got people to talk about stuff. The Sparkast is real fun because we have highlights. We got story highlights. We got product highlights. In fact, right now I 